Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. It's a post-Thanksgiving episode. Uh, is October over yet? Like, we were having this conversation pre-show, but it feels like October should be over by now, right? Yeah, I don't know what it is about the month of October, but it feels like it should have gone by quicker or like it's been here forever i don't know i can't believe it's only october 13th we'll put it that way <laughs> yeah well just be glad it's not a friday uh, although that would be quite fitting for halloween what well, we're not trying to rush halloween i just realized oh that. no what? october is like my favorite month of the year it's just for some reason there's something about this october that makes it feel like it's been here for a very very long time already <laughs> mm. i don't know i don't know what it could be i have no idea Maybe it's my daily Animal Crossing logins that I'm just like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> yes, I forgot to log in for the last couple of days. And that's that's <gasps> how I know I've lost all sense of, of, of time. But uh, yeah, I kind of like I was making pumpkins and then my stupid duck with the helmet that I didn't like. He moved out and I was all happy about that. But then I couldn't find anybody cool on my Nook Island. So then I ended up just getting a rando. And it's another squirrel. And I already have one squirrel. And he is my favorite villager of all of my villagers. And this new squirrel is... They keep giving me the jocks. And I'm like, I don't want a jock on my island. I'm totally okay without somebody telling me all about his jock life. So yeah, then there's, I started... I went and talked to the new the new squirrel. And I like at first I saw him and I was like, okay, you're pretty cute. And I went and talked to him and he was like... Oh, I didn't know there was someone as ripped as you on this island. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Honestly, like not being able to cycle through villagers to find the ones you want in some sort of faster manner is like, and not even that so much as like, if it was just easier to kick your villagers out so that you could take a random shot, like if that was easier, so I could just keep cycling a house, like even if it had a weekly cooldown, fine. But oh my God, yeah, not being able to really refine my villagers has just totally killed my love of the game i'm just like when i log in and there's like three of you that i find super <laughs> annoying and you're the first ones that come that like are there when i walk into town i'm just like Ugh, i'm out <laughs> i feel like if if this game is a game where you can get a weekly newsletter about how shitty your decorations are there should be an easy <laughs> way for you to like kick people off your right like you are right? <laughs> you are the island lead like even tom nooks give like giving the reins over to you he still collects the money but at the end of the day there should be a fee you can pay tom nooks like hey tom if i just give you like a couple sacks of bells under the desk isabel doesn't need to know anything can you just <laughs> take out the squirrel guy like send him home just kick him out yeah you know, yeah hide just... his nuts so to speak <laughs> don't mm. yeah just yeah, just make his life a little bit unpleasant so he doesn't want to be here anymore. I mean, exactly. you don't need to take him out or anything. He doesn't have to have a mysterious scuba diving accident. No. Like, you could just, you know, politely go and ask him to leave for the right price. I'd be down. Yeah, maybe the Dodos can take him to Harv's Island. What happens on Harv's Island usually stays on Harv's Island because I don't go back there. No, no one ever has gone back there. But yeah, so so yeah, that's maybe um, the, doing the Animal Crossing event, non-event. Like, I know that they want to do things to keep you engaged with the game throughout an entire month, but I feel like just logging in, watering pumpkins, going to get DUI, no, wait, DIY, <laughs> <laughs> I 
recipes that uh, I already have and don't have anything to do with Halloween and uh, buying my one piece of candy from the Nook shop. I'm just like, this is this is not engaging. And maybe it'll be super fun come Halloween. But uh, the lead up has been lackluster, I feel like. But my leaves are starting to change. So that's fun. I think I have enough Halloween decorations that I'm like, I think I'm good for i've got my archway and i've got a couple decorations at the start so you know as soon as you enter the island it's halloween and then i've got a couple around my house with the pumpkin patch so i i think i'm satisfied in terms of the halloweenness the bare minimum you know I'm yeah not, I, you know what i don't want to do the whole scarecrow island. today yeah. with a pumpkin like jack-o'-lantern head and it does look pretty cool and i'm like you know what this is gonna, this is, you know, this is nice. I like this. It'll, it'll, you know, spruce up my pumpkin patch. It's pretty cool. So it, it's yeah, cool. But, but like real life, if you decorate the whole island, eventually you got to go in there and take it all down, <laughs> you know, and that yeah, chores on chores painful. on chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that has contributed to how October has felt so long short. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm that's almost all I've been playing. Um, as as Ryan mentioned, this past weekend was Thanksgiving for us up here in Canada. So, um, and we also have a few uh, projects around our house right now that are very time sensitive because we have to do it before it gets too cold and we start getting like frost overnight and snow and stuff. So, uh, I spent a lot of time outside this weekend which right doing real (laughs) chores who goes outside yeah doing actual actual yeah whatever happened to like just click on this square and then the elevation changes i i want that tool irl please (laughs) Mm. or digging holes that's yeah yeah just all of that just i want the the oh what is it called not landscaping but terraforming terraforming i want the super easy one click and it's done terraforming tools (laughs) but yeah so i haven't actually played too too much new um this weekend however i did want to tell you guys about something because i am really really excited about this and i've talked about it on the show a couple times before where um my love of gaming is not confined to video games i'm also a really big fan of board games and unfortunately lately We haven't had too many opportunities to play games with friends. We have a Betrayal Legacy game that's been going on for like a year and a half now because we haven't been able to get together with the group of friends that we started it with for literally over a year now. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a really big fan of board games and I'm a really big fan of Frostpunk. So when Kickstarter was like, yo... We got a thing that we think that you'd like, and it was a Frostpunk board game. I was like, damn, Kickstarter, you're getting good at this. <laughs> so, yeah, the the long story short is that there is currently an active Kickstarter. It's going to be active for a couple more weeks for a board game version of Frostpunk. And I am obviously not the only person that has just fallen in total love with this game. Because they are almost at $2 million raised. Now, In this is Canadian funds, but $2 million raised uh, out of a goal that was uh, just over 300000 So they have absolutely decimated their Kickstarter goal. And the board game looks super cool. And the reason that I mentioned it in terms of like not being able to actually have board game nights with our friends right now 
is that it's actually um, a one to four player experience. So you can play this game solo or you can basically say like, I think one person's in charge of the generator. One person's in charge of like uh, the discontent and like the society stuff. One person's in charge of health. And so you can kind of like split the roles up depending on how many people are playing uh, or give like two roles to one person and have the other two people do one thing. If the one person's more familiar with the game, like you can split up kind of the responsibilities of running the town, which is so, so, so cool. So um, if you guys are interested, we're going to put a link in the show notes, but you can just look for like Frostpunk Kickstarter and it it's really easy to find. And they only have two pledge, well, I guess technically three pledge levels because they have a, you know, if you just want to give us money because you like us, then, you know, pledge at this level. But um, there's a base game pledge that's 75 uh, euros. So I don't have any idea what that is in Canadian or American dollars. But um, or there's the deluxe pledge for 125 euros and the deluxe one has a whole bunch of like little mini figurines for all like the buildings and the and the units and stuff. So they're uh, yeah, they're really, really cool. The whole game looks awesome. They look like they've done a really good job of capturing the gameplay of Frostpunk, but in a board game. So I'm really, really excited to play this game now. Um, it, the Kickstarter is going to finish in a couple weeks and then. Like, who knows when it's actually going to be delivered because it is a Kickstarter. But when it is, I promise you guys, I'll give it a shot and give you guys a full review. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that is uh, exclusive to Kickstarter, uh, including a really cool, um, like, generator, um, like, 3D model thing that goes in the center of your board. Um and it's all like pre-shaded and stuff. So if you're into into minis and painting, then that means something, I guess. But um, yeah, just uh, if you're if you're interested, go and check it out. I'm going to once it actually comes out, then I'm going to actually do like a full review of it. But I'm so excited. It just looks so cool. It does look really cool. You know what? I think we talked about this after the show last week. And I was thinking, like, I love Frostpunk and... I wonder if if this is totally play, playable solo, which it is, it, uh, you know, one to four players. So that's that's a good sign. Um, but yeah, it is quite expensive. So as you said, it was 75 euro, which is uh, as per Kickstarter, 117 Canadian. And then 125 euro would be 194. And uh, the shipping is not included. So right. wherever they're shipping which- this from... I mean, um, so yeah, we did all, I mean, it's in euros, so I would imagine it's coming from Europe, but, uh, there are a lot of parts to this game because if you guys have played Frostpunk, which if you've been listening to me and ever take my recommendations, I don't know why you haven't played Frostpunk, but there's a lot of components, a lot of moving pieces to the gameplay in Frostpunk, and they seem to have replicated all of that in the board game. So there's a lot of actual physical pieces there's a lot of little 3D models and stuff. And it kind of reminds me of like the size and complexity, just looking at all the different pieces and stuff. Like it's almost Gloomhaven-esque, which is another um, it's, it's another game that's up in that price range. Like there's 
there's a lot of these games with a lot of moving parts and a lot of like miniatures and stuff that can definitely run you between 150 and 200 dollars so yeah it's it's not necessarily once you start to really get into board games ryan you can spend a lot of money there are a lot of games with these kind of price tags <laughs> i'm trying to stay away like it, i i for me i there's not a lot of opportunities to play these board games so I just plan on going to uh, to your house and just playing them once every <laughs> right? couple years and be like, all right, uh, give me the list. We're going to play, you know, Frostpunk. So I'll be by. When's this coming out? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, when's this? October 2021. We'll be able to do in-person visits by then, right? So hopefully. Yeah. Cross your fingers. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that is their, um, I guess, like um, uh, their, their, hopeful ship date but uh estimated delivery yeah they do but say i don't know i i don't uh yeah i don't hold my breath for uh kickstarter deliveries to be on time but yeah so sometime next year hopefully next october i can tell you guys all about frostpunk the board game i'm so excited if you guys want to actually go and back it again just look for frostpunk over on kickstarter and uh, yeah, give give them some of your dollars to make this happen. I mean, it's happening. Like I said, they've raised a bajillion dollars already. But if you want in for some of the Kickstarter exclusives, then go and check it out. Um, I'm I'm really, really excited about it. So yeah, I just wanted to share my excitement with you guys because they like literally every day they keep emailing me and they're like, hey, we just hit a new goal. Hey, we're doing this cool thing. Hey, this is the thing. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, man, I can't wait. So, Ryan, I know, um, speaking of a lot of people being really excited about a thing, you got into what our Discord has been going absolutely wild for in the last week or so. Uh, tell me a little bit now, is it Genshin or Genshin Impact? Is this a GIF-GIF thing? I don't think so. <laughs> or is that so? just me being dumb? I think it's, I think it's no. It's, it's just... <laughs> It's, it's just Gen Genshin. Genshin, yeah. I I, Genshin I don't know Impact. if they actually okay. say it. So it's Genshin. I've been calling it Genshin Impact. So if I've been pronouncing it wrong, um, I mean, no one's really I'm been sure around. I'm sure the to Discord will tell us. Yeah, they'll <laughs> let us know. So I mean, Genshin Impact's one of those games that comes around every so often. Very rarely, actually, I'd say on the on in the gamers in Discord, we have is there an impact right where we create a new channel? Usually, we weather the storm together when there's something new, um, and and you know everyone everyone just you know comes together, discusses a game, and and we move into the next phase. Um, but occasionally, like Genshin Impact, you uh, you get your own chat channel because I felt like there were conversations happening, but being such a complex free-to-play uh multi-platform game there are more uh you know detailed conversations that that come up right you know strategy and where to get stuff how to unlock stuff that sort of thing so we created a new channel so if you're playing genshin impact you want to discuss it with other folks you can get into our discord and do that um and i kind of took it on myself i i, I thought you know what i think i better check this out <laughs> and <laughs> and see what's going on here easy enough yeah, to do the world's right? going a little crazy for her, our world's going a little crazy for it exactly <laughs> maybe somebody should check it out exactly so i i checked it out um in really zero uh zero barrier to entry it is a free-to-play game it's available on uh multiple platforms uh, ps4 pc android ios 
And the important thing to note, though, is that on PC and mobiles, you can play cross, there's cross play and cross progression. That's the key one is cross progression in that your save is tied to an email. Therefore, if you're playing on your mobile, uh, so previous to us starting or starting this call, I was playing on PC. And then when I got closer to 8.30, I jumped off and then went on my phone so I could easily switch back to uh to get ready for recording. So it is seamless in that you can jump between the two platforms, your whole collection that is there, your progression, uh, literally where you were left standing when you logged out. It is really cool in that aspect. Um, something that I feel a lot of people would want to see from something like WoW or something. The ability to jump in, do something really quick on your phone, say run your dailies or or progress some story if that's what you want to do. Uh, it is nice to be able to do that from your phone and not have to boot up the computer and, and play there. The PS4 is separate. Um, you can play it there, but it is a separate sort of universe, or, uh, ecosystem I think you can still add your friends because there is a U, uh, an ID that you get, uh, but I don't know what that does at this time as, as, unless <laughs> just showing progression of your friends. Like I can see that people are way ahead of me. Um, Aww. So, <laughs> so is that motivating or demoralizing? <laughs> I, it is the thing. It's just it is what it is. Like honestly, I think where you get into the jealousy aspect of it is that it, it, not jealousy but just kind of like uh man they're so far ahead is that this is a gotcha game um it's you're summoning well you're wishing for heroes and uh being free to play that's that's where the main sort of drive is for for giving the game money is like oh if you want to summon more heroes to control you need to wish upon a star and little things shoot out and you can get like a, a new hero and that's that's the most interesting part here so this is a, a game developed in china and uh it's it's very much it's been localized in a way that feels very strongly uh, localized there's voice acting um there's really great like modern sort of uh, music it, it borrows a lot from breath of the wild um i i had you go to their website just to see yeah <laughs> what that means in that you've got this huge open world and uh, the music is very similar to what you, you would feel in Breath of the Wild. Um, another comparison to Breath of the Wild is that you've a lot of the gameplay is there, so it, it has a lot of gliding, So you're in, and the climbing is all stamina-based and stuff, and you're running around, which is stamina-based as well. Uh, a lot of the combat you know, relies heavily on elements, so you'll be fighting like a, a fire blob monster, and you'll want to switch to your water guy, do some water moves to kind of put out his fire, and uh, you can kind of switch on demand to whatever to uh, one of your four characters in your party. And as you do that, you'll see little elements pop up over the enemies as you do elemental damage. And when you switch to another character, you can cause a reaction when you use a different element on that character, which causes more damage and and has the combat sort of wrap up more quickly as you as you take them on. And that sort of process is really snappy and smooth. Like you, you feel like this, like it feels weird talking about this game, knowing that all of this works on your phone. It all looks great on your phone. And I have a, I have a two-year-old phone and um, this is the first time I've played a game where I feel like I, I'm surprised that this phone can run this. You know, they've really 
they've really uh, set a high bar for visuals here. So you got to be careful if you have an older device, you're going to want to make sure it's compatible. Um, but it runs just fine on PC and I'm sure PS4 as well. It, it, it runs fine too. So those visuals that they're able to, to nail on, on your phone, it's kind of crazy when you move it over to the PC and like, this does not look that much different, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in a good way, you know, normally you'd be like, Oh, I'm sure. So not that the PC version looks terrible, no, but that the mobile version can keep up. (laughs) It's crazy. I, I mean, it's honestly worth checking that being free. It's worth downloading this and checking it out just to see how, how it looks on a phone. And I mean, this is probably the best looking video game I've played on a mobile device because for the most part, mobile games target a a specific look and feel because they're dealing with lower end hardware and however they were able to display this open world and have you running around and have combat and with minimal to no slowdown whatsoever as you're doing all of this is is kind of crazy and it and it feels really good like the touch controls you know it's still touch controls you're you're walking around with a virtual uh, joystick and then you're you're jumping and gliding with uh with the touch of the button but it's pretty simple combat in that it is very button mashy of you know one of three buttons so you're kind of just you're kind of just button mashing through it anyways. So it feels the touch controls don't feel as, as bad as you would think they would. It, it, they feel very responsive. Right. I mean, less, less buttons and less controls in a game is going to make it feel better and better on mobile with, where there really just aren't a lot of control options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when I, you know, when I move over to PC, like that's where you start to feel this is a mobile game and I'm playing it on my PC because uh, the issues there present themselves in the UI and the menu. So the voice acting and, you know, the writing is really well localized, but I find the controls aren't very well localized. Um, In, uh, I think in, in Asia, what they do is they, they swap the A and B button. So on an Xbox controller, A is usually confirmed. That's what we're used to. And B is, is to cancel. It's the opposite. Um, it, you know, in Asia. So when you go to play this game, it's A to cancel and B to confirm. It is it is the it is the hardest thing to really wrap your mind around. That is the, that well, is that's, the toughest. Isn't thing. that the same as the Nintendo controller, though? Yeah. Well, it, it is, but I'm trying to think in the in the uh, with Nintendo games. With Nintendo games, the logical button, you know, the Western feel the logical button is still the one you're pressing, right? It's A to confirm, B to cancel, right? And it's just, it's backwards in, in this one to, to me. But obviously, you know, where this game was developed, that is their preferred, you know, controller layout, right? I it, feel like the bottom button on Nintendo is the cancel button and the right button is the confirm right. button yeah yeah so So, then the that would be the same right b is accept mm -hmm. a is cancel yeah so it's the same as it's the same layout as nintendo well no no yes it uses the nintendo layout where yeah it uses the nintendo layout yeah where a would be cancel and and you know i do have a i I do have a sort of a 8-bit dough snes controller that i could sync to my computer and then solve that that problem and 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 hit the hit the buttons they want me to hit but it's still like 
it's still a green A to leave and a, and a red B to, right, to confirm, yeah. <laughs> which is, again, still messing with my brain. But that's a little thing. That's that's not a deal breaker. Um, but, you know, the UI, you know, navigating with a mouse or, or a keyboard, there's a lot there that is obviously better handled through a touch screen. But again, it's all it all works. It's all fine. It's not going to hold you back. Um, and the best part, Jocelyn, is that there's I should have said this right up front. There's no weapon breaking. You're not breaking weapons in this game, even though it is highly uh, influenced by Breath of the Wild. So you'll you'll love to best hear that. game ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I have decided. <laughs> yeah, where you might struggle though is, uh, you know, I did say the localization is really well done, and that that is true. Like there is voice acting in there, and it's all. I'd say pretty good stuff, but it does have a lot of the, you know, the anime tropes of, uh, you have a really squeaky, you know, sidekick character who's always like, oh man, what are we doing? You know, it's, uh, (laughs) it's not, it's not the best, but you know, you get used to it. Um, I think the, the joke is that you can, you can threaten that your sidekick is like edible or something. So you can cook them or something and they don't, she doesn't like that. It's weird. (laughs) It's it's really odd. Like you'll be having a conversation with this random stranger, and they say, "Oh, who's your friend?" It's like, "Oh, that's that's Paimon." Like, I don't know. We're probably gonna. It's like chicken. We'll, we'll cook her later. It's like, whoa, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> it, and that's so a joke. Even like it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a uh, it's an interesting game. I I think the the story they tell like they get pretty serious about it. You know, you're. Um, I don't know what happened at the beginning. I've I've kind of forgotten about that, but kind of the story is there's something about your sister how long ago did you start playing a week ago it's been a long oh my god ryan what's wrong with your brain (laughs) lots of things um i think what happened at the beginning is like you are it's not my fault this game's story is all over the place and it's convoluted it's like final fantasy levels of like here's a bunch of stuff that's happening we'll come back to that all later don't worry about it um at the beginning, you you have a choice between playing as a male or female character. So you your both choices are canon in the sense that you have your twins, and uh, you're fighting some space lady, and she like absorbs your sister in this case because I chose to play as the male character. She absorbs your sister into this like weird cube plaid thing, and then you also go into it, but then you disappear and go to this other world, and then there's this like you know, Navi type character who's bugging you and you have to go find like the statues of the seven. So like Breath of the Wild, there's all these statues and all these collectibles. Uh, You're finding, you're finding the main statues, which allow you to, you know, teleport across the map. So there's a bunch of fast travel stuff. And then you're also finding um, shrines. So there's shrines you can go into and there's like four or five of them at the very beginning. And those are really cool because they're all like combat sort of trial based, right? There hasn't been puzzles so to speak yet but there's there's a couple of elemental puzzles in there um but i found as i kept going in the game there was less shrines uh which which was a bit of a bummer because that was one of my favorite parts about breath of the wild and they they kind of front load you with three or four of them and then i haven't gotten to one since then Mm. um but yeah it's again as a as a free-to-play game there's a lot on offer um, I I put a little bit of money into it. There are a bunch of ways you can you can buy stuff. One of the ways I did it was there's this blessing thing where you pay I think it's like seven bucks Canadian, and it gives you three hundred of the currency up front, and then gives you a, a daily you know 
morsel of the sub currency. There's a lot of currencies here, but the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's that a was going to be my next question. With it being so mobile centric, is when you're playing it on PC, is that really an obvious experience? But it sounds like it is because. Yeah, whenever games have multiple different kinds of currency or a way to just like buy 24 hours of of unlimited gameplay, like all that kind of stuff just ugh, feels not that great. And it's my least favorite mobile gaming experience when they do things like that, because it's so obviously trying to manipulate the consumer into not understanding or not realizing how much money they're really spending and uh yeah and it also you know really encourages unhealthy gaming habits right because they're like hey you can play all you want in the next 24 hours if you just pay us x number of dollars and we'll remove all of the all of the barriers Mm -hmm. and then it's like okay yeah but then i feel like i absolutely can't do anything else other than play your game for 24 hours like that's not healthy so I'm really not a fan of games that do that. And that is enough for me to just kind of like not try this game and keep it arm's length sort of thing. <laughs> I think like this game, it's the the monetary stuff is not as bad up front, I think, in the sense that as we're playing now uh, lo- around launch there, it's like other games, like another game I play, which is Fire Emblem Heroes at launch. Yeah, you're given a bunch of stuff up front. There's a limited amount of heroes that you can summon. It feels like you're on top of things. Uh, And that's where Genshin Impact is right now. It's a really good time to jump in because there's a limited amount of heroes that you can summon. Therefore, there's not a real need to pump a bunch of, of stuff in here. And there's been a lot of videos actually basically saying like, if you put a bunch of money into it, you are going to be dissatisfied in that you're not going to be getting a lot of stuff and if you do get if you are aiming for one specific thing it's going to cost you a lot of money to get that thing and that's where i i kind of appreciate this game is like i don't know who any of these characters are therefore i don't necessarily want any specific character so i just summon when i have the resources to do it and i find that i've just through playing been able to collect uh, enough to fill two parties so essentially you're going to want enough characters in your in your you know, roster so that you can have different elements to play with because the elements are going to come in down the road where when you go to a specific dungeon, it'll say like, oh, you're going to want fire and electricity in your party. Kind of like Pokemon, but in this sense, right? It's okay, like, yeah. So it's not bad in that sense where you feel you have to put a bunch of money into it, but there is an opportunity to what I did with the blessing was just I did that and it gives you the premium currency and the sub the currency you earn through gameplay and you can feed that all into their summoning system there's a bunch of other currency but you can use all of that other currency that you earn through various things where i think there's one that is essentially dust uh in hearthstone where when you do a summon and you already have that character you get a little bit of dust and that- <laughs> you just cremate them <laughs> I, I mean you know what like like Paimon and um the the joke about her you know being food or whatever, it's uh you just best not to look into it. It's best to just move yeah, on. Just That's don't what think most about characters it too do. Much. <laughs> they don't think about it and uh, don't don't know why your your character even even says those things. Uh, it actually says more about me because it was an option and I thought it was a funny joke. <laughs> and you chose it. <laughs> yeah, just to throw people off. Like you're coming. You're in. You're a person in this world. I don't think you you're from there and neither is Paimon. So you come around and like people are just talking to you and 
I don't know. It's it's a weird game. Okay, there's a some weird story stuff going on. There's a giant flying Pokemon dragon thing that you got to fight, and you do fight it Star Fox style, like you're up in the air and you're kind of shooting it, and it's weird. But uh, the the gameplay loop is a lot of fun. But yeah, in terms of the currency, you just kind of have to set it aside. Don't put money into it unless you kind of want to have that blessing is probably the best value for $7. I think Jim was doing the math in Discord, and it's like maybe three full summons, like three full summons, which gives you 10 summons from a wish. And um, for every 10, you get a guaranteed four star, and the four stars either a weapon or a, a character. And again, like you are going to be earning characters through gameplay, so you don't necessarily have to do the summoning. However, it is it is nice to get new characters and and kind of add to your roster. And but but really, if you just played with the base characters plus what you get from just summoning through through earning, you're going to have enough. And uh, all the characters are active gameplay, and it's a lot of fun. There's um, like a swordsman and a heavy swordsman. And then a magic user. And I think there's a lance user, but I haven't used her yet. Um, and those were all earned through just my free sort of summons and stuff. You get a bunch of currency just for just for playing the game. Um, but there's a lot in there. Like there I haven't unlocked it yet. There's a there's like adventure rank. So you're 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 leveling up your uh, adventure rank, which gives you more rewards and access to further story content. That's all done through just playing the game. So far, I haven't really hit a wall. I've just kind of been playing and unlocking as I go. Um, there's a there's a battle pass system at level 20, so you can pay more money to unlock a battle pass, and that is that pushes you into getting more, I think, more heroes and and weapons and stuff. But you have to earn battle points as you're going through gameplay. So I think the more you play this game, the more it's giving you reason to keep playing through. Uh, through these battle passes you can you can buy and stuff i haven't gotten there yet i don't know whether it's something i will eventually get to or even do because uh i think the battle pass i think there's a free track but there's a paid track as well so Mm. there's a lot you can do in this game and and again like just the just the 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 way you're able to play both on your mobile and your pc like i've not experienced anything like this before um i know apple arcade does a little bit of this stuff where you can play on your mac or your apple tv or your phone um but this has been the first time where I've played a game like this and actually been like, oh, wow, this this really works. And I can see myself playing both on PC and on mobile, like doing um, there's daily quests. So doing like dailies, which are non voice acted, very easy. Kill these four things. Go over here. Kill these six things. And then you get a reward for doing four dailies in one day. You could do that on your mobile while you're traveling or you're you're just on the couch and then do the story content on your PC where you're getting the cinematics, the cutscenes, um, the dungeons, that sort of thing. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to this game. Um, but the visuals alone and, and the music and stuff is worth checking out on your phone. Just to be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this actually <laughs> looks great on, on a phone. It's, it's something to be, it's something to experience for sure. It's wild. It's I mean, it sounds interesting and, and maybe I'll I'll take a look. But um, yeah, I, I think it's probably much more in your wheelhouse just because it does sound like it shares a lot with Fire Emblem. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, uh, uh, maybe I'll go take a look because the, the visuals of the game do look really cool. So I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a try. But um, uh, yeah, that maybe <laughs> I, I think where you, I think where you're like as a as a gotcha game, I, I could see where 
as the as the progression goes with the game and as they add more content um where you run into that like uh that gotcha jealousy of other of what other people are summoning is when is when they add more heroes like they'll add the new i don't know anime anime lady or whatever and she's got fire powers or something and it's like she's the she's the new character to get it's like that's where it's going to be tough um playing a game like this where you're like oh, i really want that character but the only way to get it is to actually try my luck at the summoning system and it is it is like other all the other games they give you the percentage of what you're going to get and it's like a 1.6 percent chance that you can summon a five star or whatever and that is a low <laughs> that is a low amount um the fact that you're guaranteed a four star uh on every 10 summons like that that is nice um but for me i, I have no idea like do we need a five star i've been fine with whatever the game's been throwing at me so i don't have a personal attachment to these characters so i've just been having fun with what the game's been giving me but i could see for folks who have that like collectible sort of um attachment to certain games especially if they if they do like games that look and feel like this uh you could run into issues where wanting a specific character could be a problem um and that's where i'm like i'm cool like i have no attachment to these characters i'm fine to just play so i'm i feel safe playing the game but if you have that sort of have had that feeling in the past with free-to-play games it's probably best not to play much past the first couple months because they are going to start adding content that they do say uh their monetization is a bit it's a bit heavy you know so Mm -hmm. be careful on that front Definitely will do. Uh, So before we go into the news, everybody, if you do like the content that we're putting together, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We are currently looking for our next monthly patron. So do go over and support the show there. Or if you'd like to, you can head to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020 because it is officially Extra Life time. We are going to be doing lots of streams through October, November and December. So do go and check it out. Our whole team is there. We're doing pretty good. I think we're about a third of the way to the goal and we haven't really done any major streams yet. So you guys are absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for supporting us over there. Again, it is bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020, benefiting the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. That brings us to our news this week. And uh, we got a couple of different pieces. So um, the first thing we're going to talk about is that Microsoft has told employees that it plans to release a browser-based app so that they can get around the Apple App Store rules. They want to be on iOS, but they don't want to deal with Apple, (laughs) which is uh, starting to just be par for the course, I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I think when you look at this, it's um, Apple has a very specific set of rules, but I I don't think there are no there are no rules against, you know, having someone go to a browser and and uh and engage with content through the browser like it's it's fine so microsoft doing this like maybe you know xbox game pass streaming through a browser isn't going to be uh as as great as as it would have been if they were uh if they had a dedicated app um but at least this this makes it available uh on your on your ios device I, i think this is not the ideal situation i'm sure for microsoft but it seems like a pretty simple pivot for them. And and I mean, really, when you look at what Luna's doing and then right off the bat saying, we are going to have this on iPhone through a web app, they kind of, they kind of had to do this. Uh, I'm, 
I'm kind of surprised that Google Stadia didn't come out and say, oh, we're also going to do that, right? Yeah. Um, just to remain competitive, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, I think Apple will come around, but this is a great way to sort of bridge that gap because it's going to be a big gap. Yeah, I mean, does does Apple need to come around? <laughs> no. Like, is is that kind of where we're leaning now? Or, you know, like, do we think that Apple will take steps now to, to lock them out of this, like, loophole? <laughs> I think, you know, I, I hope they don't. Um, I think Apple doing that would be a step too far. That would be like saying, now we're going to police what? internet content yeah what websites you go to yeah Yeah, that's a bit far uh but but that being said um i don't think apple needs has to allow an xbox game pass app on their store but also microsoft probably needs to just talk to apple and, and sort out a way for for it to work you know they need to work out a deal um for that app to exist on the app store like i'm not saying apple needs to roll over and allow a viewer app that gives them no money because that's the concern you know yeah microsoft selling a subscription and apple seeing none of that income because they're subscribing through the xbox or a browser and but i, I and again we've talked about it before i don't see the difference between an X, xbox game pass streaming app and netflix app right um mm-hmm. just don't let me sub for game pass in the app I, there are specific rules about how you surface a subscription out of the uh, or inside the app and for the most part it's like to avoid any sort of review issues you just don't even mention it you know yeah you just say you sign in and if you sign in without the proper subscription just nothing happens and yeah. uh, i i think i think they need to meet halfway on this and see what we can do because again like the person that hurts at the end is is the consumer the person that's spending the money you know yeah Absolutely. Uh, we also got some deals. Speaking of of the big console people, we also got some details about Sony and their PS5 backwards compatibility. And this story is one that we've talked about a couple times in the past few months. And it just blows my mind, to be honest. Like, it just like, I don't know who does PR for Sony, but it just seems like there's so many easy wins that this should have just been a news story like when we very first started talking about it. It's just, guess what? Here's the details for PS5 backwards compatibility. We're going to support all but literally a handful. There's like 4,000 plus games that are going to be supported on the PS5 and like 10 that aren't. And none of the ones that aren't supported are any ones that I have ever even really heard of or had any interest in playing except for like i like hitman go definitive edition i guess you can't play but everything else is like joe's diner (laughs) just deal with it like we sing what even are these games hey now (laughs) (laughs) are you are you besmirching the good name of what i assume is an arthur vr game called dwvr (laughs) where you play as arthur's sister and you go through her daily life that sounds like a phenomenal (laughs) experience (laughs) that should be preserved on the ps5 man yeah and i mean i don't want to i i hope that no one out there is like joe's diner is my favorite game of life joss how dare you but i mean like this could have been such an easy win because they're supporting 
literally everything else except for these 10 titles. And like I say, none of them are big. None of them are like pillars of the PlayStation. Like they're just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused by this and why it took them so long when they could have just quashed the story and they could have kept up with Microsoft and they could have been like, yeah, we're doing that too. I'm sure Microsoft has a list of games that aren't backwards compatible, but we never really heard about them because they were just like, yeah, the vast majority of our library will be supported on the Xbox Series X. And then they moved on with life mm-hmm. and PlayStation made this a whole big story and made people question their pre-orders when there's really nothing here. Like basically, except for 10 games, the entire PS4 catalog is going to be supported on the PS5. There you go. Done. Press release. Bam. Hire me for PR, guys. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> it just it feels so rigid in in a time when you know rewind six seven years when we were we were at the Xbox One and PS4 launch, and the roles were reversed. PS4 PR was was snappy. It presented you know, the story clearly to their consumers. This feels very much like this specific article, which is a rundown of uh, a blog post, which is a reference to a support page that is all so technical. <laughs> and and really, like, you're right. It should just be 99% of games will work. Here are the eight that don't. Let's do this thing. And this should have been a story a couple months ago because, again, Microsoft has had months leading with the fact that you'll be able to play thousands of games across four generations on this on this system. And yeah, there's going to be games that don't work and maybe we'll get around to fixing them. Maybe we won't. But at the end of the day, like, I, you know, I know there are game, there are niche games. Uh, for example, uh, an example that comes to mind is the, uh, the, the Hobbit game that you really like on GameCube, right? Yep. That game might be one that you want to pop into a, a system at some point. I'm sure there was an Xbox version. I, I can't remember, but you would probably want to play that again on a system that you have connected and not in a box in the crawl space, right? But are you really going to return your your Xbox Series X if that game does not work? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to downplay backwards compatibility, but. For me, it's always about been about the generation previous for most of these consoles. I, I would love to be able to play what came before um, just so I, I can safely clear that shelf space but still have access to games that I may have purchased just six months previous to launch. Um, and we're getting that. I'm going to be able to play Ghost of Tsushima on my PS5 down the road, and, and I can safely shelf my PS4 Pro. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe with a launch where there's so few launch titles that this is the big thing. Like they want to make sure their consumers know exactly what they can play from their old collection, so they feel comfortable upgrading. I don't know. It, it, I don't think this is. Yeah, for us. it's just it's just it's just such a it's just such a crazy crazy thing. Like I just I can't wrap my head around it. But anyways, yeah, we're you're all good if you want to play old stuff on your new system. Is the is the bottom line of this like two months of crazy ridiculous shrouded in mystery <laughs> titles backwards compatibility conversations like it just oh my god anyways um we also saw this week uh amazon pulling the plug on its uh crucible title now uh i had 
not heard of this slash not realized it launched and apparently it was only <laughs> up for about six months and they were like yeah no but it was a uh, multiplayer game with a th- mul- I think three different multiplayer modes it was very like overwatchy from what I understand and apparently I'm not the only one that didn't know it existed because Amazon was just like well this isn't working let's go pulling the plug we're done <laughs> which yeah I mean is so interesting that they like throw all this money at this game to you know develop it and um like market it and everything else although maybe they needed more marketing i don't know because again like i interface with amazon a lot i buy things on amazon the website i have amazon prime so i got the like amazon video and everything else and we've been watching stuff on that platform like i'm i'm not without amazon and i didn't know that this game existed so i think they could have maybe leveraged their platform a little bit more to tell me about crucible but ryan did you play this or know it existed (laughs) i knew it existed i had not played it uh it's not my it's not my cup of tea like a, a a competitive shooter another one that came out around the same time was like uh valorant from riot games again no real interest in playing a game like that. But uh, what's interesting here is, I, I mean, The Crucible was a game that could have been this uh, this this multiplayer combat game that was very early on in development, and they and they released it. Like they had a beta period where they tried to make changes and they tried to shape it into something that would be popular. But the reality of these type of games is that most of them do kind of you know, fizzle out quite quickly. And the quicker you let them fizzle out, the sooner you can move on to the next project. And I mean, those questioning Amazon games and what what they're going to do with these studios, they're going to keep making content. They just announced a streaming service where they can make mm-hmm. these games uh, exclusive, right? Like, similar to what Google Stadia has been doing. Um, so it sucks that this game is being sort of sunset, but... Uh, Sometimes it's uh it is what it is. Uh there was another game that it was um it was by the co-creator of Halo. I I can't remember what it was called, but it was this weird, you know, first-person shooter slash RTS hybrid and it had a campaign, but I think 6 months after it released, they stripped the multiplayer from it. Again, because it would have cost more to maintain and provide content for a for what is expected from game to that gamers expect. Uh mm-hmm. it's just easier to just cut the cord and of course with this game there was nothing else but the multiplayer so yeah it's uh these games are very tough to it's very tough to to make make ends meet i guess with these games it it probably wasn't going to be profitable and yeah it just proves that you know having a bunch of money and throwing it at a a game studio does not always make a great product so yeah um, amazon is learning hopefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll have to see what they what they kind of put their weight behind next and and hopefully it has a little bit of a longer tail on it than crucible but uh speaking of multiplayer games with a long tail we got a smite story for you guys tonight uh it's been quite a while since ryan and i played i like 
literally, I didn't even realize Smite had a battle pass. So a, I guess they've had battle passes through 2019 and 2020. So it's been at least that long since the last time I played. And honestly, I'm getting the itch a little bit because I really loved that game. It is my favorite in the MOBA genre. And I don't really think it will have changed all that much. I mean, obviously, new gods and balance are always uh, potential issues. But at the core... It's still a super cool game, and I still watch the uh, eSport from time to time. But anyways, our news about Smite this week is that <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming to Smite. <laughs> mm. And so this is the next Battle Pass for 2020. And um, after a very long time, we finally figured out how much the Battle Pass <laughs> actually costs. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so apparently um, the cost of the battle pass is about, uh, or is a thousand gems, which is like Smite's um, real money currency, I guess, is gems. Um, so it costs a thousand, which is approximately $20. I think um, 800 gems was $15, and then 1,500 gems is $25. Obviously, because this is how all of these free-to-play games work with their currency, there is no way to directly purchase the Battle Pass, nor to purchase the exact amount of gems that you would need. So you have to buy the uh, larger amount of gems in order to uh, purchase this 1,000 uh, gem Battle Pass. But um, you can also do things. They have season passes now, which is something new that Ryan and I just learned tonight as well. Um, which gives you access to special skins and uh, gods that come out in the in the course of 2020, as well as a thousand gems to get the battle pass. So lots and lots of ways to spend your money in Smite. But the battle pass has um, skins for existing Smite gods. So they didn't actually like create the Ninja Turtles in smite as their own kind of characters their skins for existing gods and there is a free track which is much more of like the quote-unquote like realistic looking teenage mutant ninja turtles and then there's the premium skin version which is like the 80s cartoon with that like super saturated color um animated looking skin which is Kind of, which is pretty cool. And Ryan, when we were talking pre-show, I guess you didn't really understand how battle passes work. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I I don't un I understand the the concept of of a battle pass, but I think in terms of Smite, my concern with all battle passes, really, and uh, it, and even talking about Genshin Impact and the fact that they have a battle pass, is like, how much am I going to have to play to unlock a thing that I paid for? And yeah. is it, and is it a limited time? I think that's where everything has a game. I'm pretty sure this podcast has a has a battle pass, and and we just haven't figured <laughs> it out yet. Um, like Avengers uh, is going to have uh, free heroes, but you can buy a ten dollar battle pass for that hero that doesn't have an expiry. So you pay the ten dollars for the battle pass, and you just unlock it on your own pace. That sounds amazing to me. But if you're telling me that in order to have turtle power. Uh, I got to go in and I got to buy the battle pass and then play a bunch of smite. Like I haven't played smite in years, you know? Yeah. I, and how much am I going to have to play it and not buy the battle pass, you know, and just get the free stuff like that. That's my concern is like, how much time is it going to take to unlock 
these turtles so that when we do eventually go full circle and start playing smite again in in, in a couple years and make it the decade uh am i going to be, be able to play as these turtles like i i need to know that um but yeah, like in terms of the battle pass, I think I got the Avatar one that they had, which was the previous sort of wacky crossover. Uh, it was through Game Pass Ultimate, and it was a perk, mm. and I got it for free. And I imagine because I, I didn't actually look into it, I just activated it. But I'm sure because I activated it, it's going to be on all my uh, smite ness. I don't know, like because it's cross progression, right? Uh, maybe that was okay. the thing that. Um, I'm not sure because I think that, um, there was like a, a moment in time where you oh, could yeah. move your progress over. And I think I missed it or didn't do it or something. And I don't think that they have, unless they've changed again, I'm not up on all the smite news, but, um, yeah, as, as far as I know, there was like a moment in time where you could move your progression over. And if you didn't do that, like account snapshot, then, you just started from scratch and yeah, if you missed that window, then you started from scratch. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't mind battle passes, but you're right. It definitely is the kind of thing where you pay the money and then you also have to put in a bunch of time for gameplay. Although you have the option of not paying the money, right? Like there's still free, um items that are that are available in the battle pass without paying for the premium track but they definitely get you i feel like we talked about psychology of games and and rewards a lot tonight because um they definitely get you because they show you the free like the free track over top of the paid track and it's like every level of the paid track you're unlocking something new but it's like every three or four levels of the free track, you're unlocking something new and the premium people get both, right? They get everything in the free track and everything in the premium track, which then, you know, can, can be, um, it's like, it's super tempting, right? This stuff is right there. And all you have to do, you've already earned the levels. All you have to do is pay them the money and you can just have all those things. Um, and yeah, like I know, cause the one that I engage with the most is smite or not smite sorry oh my god dead by daylight and uh it works the same sort of way with the with the two different tracks and the you pay money and i have trouble even playing dead by daylight um though i i did realize at the end of the last battle pass that if i play both roles killer and survivor then it becomes much much easier but i had been playing just my one chosen role for the basically entire length of the battle pass until the last week and I wasn't even like halfway done because some of the challenges are really hard to so get stuck on them. Just the like base game experience that you get doesn't unlock very much of the battle pass. So it's a very, very, very slow grind unless you're completing the challenges. And I don't know, like obviously not every game's reward system is going to be the same, but they all have a, a very similar model where it's like, by playing the game, you will unlock X amount of whatever experience, currency, blah, 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 to unlock tiers in the battle pass and, you know, how rewarding it is and how that balance works. Now, with the Dead by Daylight one, the reason that I, I don't mind paying for it up front is because every few levels that you unlock, they give you your currency back. So if you do play enough to unlock the whole battle pass, it pays for itself. Um, I don't know if other games use that same monetary model or if that's something exclusive to Dead by Daylight, but 
Um, the DVD pass is also quite difficult to complete. They have 70 levels over 70 days. So, Ugh. yeah, it's it's a lot. And like I said, I play Dead by Daylight at least four times a week. So and for like multiple hours a night because I'll I'll play with my friends, um, you know, for I'll start playing it you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock, whenever I'm done my stuff, like all of my, <laughs> my regular work and then my podcasting work, and then I'll log in and we'll play from, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock until 12 31. So I'm getting solid, like three-ish hour sessions in. So I'm playing approximately 12 hours a week, if not a little bit more, 12 to 15 hours a week. And yeah, so that's still sometimes not enough <laughs> to mm-hmm. unlock the the whole battle pass. So yeah, but I don't know. I th- I think they're okay uh, as long as they, again, use the Dead by Daylight model where they pay for themselves, which I don't think the Smite one does just by like a quick cursory glance that we did right before the show. Um, you guys can definitely write in and tell me if I'm wrong, but it didn't look like there was a currency reimbursement as part of the battle pass. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's definitely weird that it's like, hey, I'm paying you for this thing, but also <laughs> now yeah. you do have the option because there is a free like track is you can just play the game. You don't have to purchase the battle pass right away. And then if you realize that you have finished it, then you can make the decision to be like, OK, so I finished it. Should I buy the premium tier and then get all of those rewards or do I not care? Am I cool with the free stuff? Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, if you have a game you're really enjoying, whether it's free to play or the battle pass is an additional purchase, if it encourages you to play more of that game because, and you're enjoying it, it's different if you're not enjoying it, but if you have the time to put into it and you want that sort of carrot on, uh, you know, on the stick where you are earning things, even though you are paying for it at the end of the day, we fully acknowledge that these games need to make money because nothing's free. Like these, they have to pay the developers, they have to pay the publishing costs. So I'm fine with a battle pass. I think it's way better than loot boxes. Man, do you remember when loot boxes were, were cool? Now it's battle <laughs> passes. And I think they are more yeah. fair. Like you said, you can, you see exactly you know what you're exactly going to get. exactly what you're getting. Yeah. That's exactly. the really big deal. Yeah. And uh, for me, I, I like to have, that carrot on the stick when when especially when i'm playing a game like uh like genshin impact or even coming back to smite it's nice to have that sort of thing to reach out for and to drop a little money on it to support a game i'm enjoying and have that encouragement to come back in uh i don't like the mechanics that are you know toying with you which we did talk about where it's like oh i'm being encouraged to come back in because if i don't i'm going to miss out on something that is like a a small piece of the pie that's going to allow me to do something really fun you know Mm -hmm. um where the battle pass is all about constantly giving you cool stuff um and hopefully i've not had experience with the smite or genshin impact or many battle passes the only one i'm actually kind of familiar with is fortnite which was kind of the, I'm guessing the one of the first ones that did it, um, and I, I'm seeing those that if they're done like that, where there's a free, like you said a free and premium, it, it's I think that's the great way to do it because uh, for me I I probably won't play enough to unlock. That's why I've never bought and uh, purchased a battle pass. So yeah, <laughs> they, oh, I, uh, why would I drop money on something I'm not gonna have time to finish? <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. If you guys have feedback or thoughts on anything we talked about this week, email the show at info at or hit us up in our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also find us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at our Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>